Welcome to Tea Time with Chris, a podcast that celebrates faith, humor, and the power of storytelling. I'm Chris Tomlinson, your host, and I'm thrilled to invite you to join me for engaging conversations with people from all walks of life. Together, we'll sip some tea, or whatever you prefer, and explore life's joys and challenges with a focus on hope, inspiration, and positivity. I'll also share some of my personal stories and some poetry to add a touch of intimacy and creativity to our chats. So join me as we spread love, joy, and laughter with each episode. Welcome to Tea Time with Chris. Welcome to another episode of Tea Time with Chris. As usual, I'm your host, Chris Tomlinson. And this episode is a very special episode because it is a celebration of 37 years for my anniversary. Now, I know some people would be like, what, what's a anniversary or why do you celebrate this? A anniversary is basically, you know, a marker, a, a day that I observe of the exact day of when my fire happened to me. And the reason why I celebrate it is because each year is another year that I've got to experience life and gone through different things or whatever life had tossed at me through those years. And each year is a celebration of how mo- how long it's been since the incident and how far I've come. So I thought it would be cool to have an episode of my celebration. And in this episode, I interview a fellow burn survivor. But before we do that, we have to talk about tea flavor of the week. So this week's tea flavor is called Honeybush, and its origin is in South Africa. It's made from the leaves and stem of the cyclopea plant, cyclopea plant, which is naturally sweet and aromatic. Honeybush tea has a smooth, slightly nutty flavor with subtle honey-like undertones, hence its name. It is naturally caffeine-free and low in tannins, making it a soothing and gentle beverage. It's rich in antioxidants and phytochemicals, phytochemicals, (laughs) offering potential health benefits such as supporting the immune system, aiding digestion, and promoting relaxation. This tea is perfect for those looking for a caffeine-free and naturally sweet option to enjoy throughout the day. Definitely a tea that I want to look up and try because that sounds that sounds really good. If you have tried it before, please shoot me a message to the website and let me know how it tastes. And if you go on the website, you will notice a new option in the menu at the top that says community. And if you click on that, it'll say coming soon and it'll have like a little explanation. And what I'm doing is I'm working on a forum type deal where fans of the podcast or the newsletter websites or people who know me or or whatever can join, like they create their own account and I'll have different things, different categories of different posts of different topics or whatever. And there'll also be a section for people to talk about the episodes and be able to 
have conversations with other listeners and such and talk about those episodes and what happened or what you got of it. And there will be um, a section to add your own topics so you could talk about your own things amongst each other. And basically, I just want this, like, our own little community there, you know? So I'm working on that, and that will launch pretty soon, probably within the next month or so. It'll launch, and I will also have another section where I will have a link to all my interviews because I have several interviews online that uh, people are interested in watching and they don't know where to find it. So I will have a section with the interviews and it will also contain all articles online that um, have interviewed me as well. So anywho, without further ado, let's jump into today's episode with a good friend of mine and a fellow burn survivor, Tanya. Thank you for letting me interview you for my podcast. Thank you for having me on your anniversary. Oh, no problem. Thank you for doing this with me. I remember I met you through the Phoenix thing, yeah. right? The one where we did the the live um, yeah. broadcast thing. That was yeah. the first time I met you. Yeah, like the influencer. Yes, that's the thing. Yeah, an influencer thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was so confused when they asked me at first because I had never done something like that. So yeah. I'm like, I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> so I was like, okay, sure. But it, it was fun though. It was. I thought it was good. It was a. It was like a good hour, but I felt like we could have talked longer. The group of us. Oh yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like we could have gone way longer because, like, I felt like as it went as it as it was going we were all like connecting with each other right. and we could have like really said some more things like relate with each other and everything right but, but we were just getting warmed up yeah exactly we were getting warmed up <laughs> <laughs> it was oh. at the end where it started to come out like exactly me right she's like no you are a therapist when i'm saying you know i'm not you know yeah therapist. I talk to people and that and at the end I didn't even think that was recording mm. but a friend of mine was watching and she was like wow I can't believe she said that to you and I was like said what because I thought they had you know ended the recording and we were just right. talking to each other but that was caught and that's why I thought it was um such an opportunity to bond and that's why I think that telling your story is so important mm-hmm and listening to other people's stories because it's how we bond and yeah um you know we we can we have our friends and our family but no one understands you the way another another survivor does um, right and right. burn community where part of the trauma is just from being in the hospital it's from oh it's man from, yeah right so yeah that's where most of my memories come from <laughs> Right, it's the hospital. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. Do you know my story? Do you want to hear it? Uh, I know it, but I do want you 
to tell it to. You want to hear it? Okay. Yes. Okay. So. I thought I'd offer it to y'all. It's um, um, you know, it was it, it was just a week before Christmas, and my husband and I were having just a good time, and it was 2018. That's where the 2018 comes from in my name. Mm. Um, in addition to the fact that Burn Beauty was already taken, <laughs> I added 2018 to it, and just. I didn't think anything of it. I didn't plan on it being a big thing. But, you know, my husband and I were sitting out. I was a realtor at the time. He has a tree removal company, and I helped him with that. And we were just kind of enjoying the night, relaxing. My kids had just both moved out, you know, college age. And it was just me and him. And I remember my daughter came by, and she said, Mom, I can hear you laughing all the way from the street because we were sitting out back with our fire pit and it was a fire pit that I bought my husband the year before as Mm -hmm. a Christmas gift because he loves to go camping and stuff and I don't (laughs) I used to do it before we got married I don't want anybody think it's a trick but you know when I was younger (laughs) when I was younger and you know didn't have as much to do yeah we could go camping and but now you know i was 45 at the time and i was just not down with it i i want to go to the cabin so i bought him this and you could like you could like rotisserie a chicken on it you could cook on it you could hang a dutch oven from it you could Mm. just cook different things you could put a pot on it so it's very much like a campfire which is the best part of camping right Right. sitting around the campfire so that's what we were doing it's just sitting around that fire pit and all those attachments I'm talking about, you would add those if you wanted to cook. Mm. So it was about 8.30, I don't know, 8.30, 9 o'clock. But it was getting late, and we both had to work the next day. And I said, well, let me get the food and, and uh, throw it on. We were, I was going to put some steaks on and take advantage of the hot coals because, you know, you're burning wood in this thing and, right. and making all these beautiful hot coals. And we have a tree company, so he's got the good wood in it, you know? So I'm going to, you know, make the steak. And as I reach in to put the steak on the grill, um, you know, he's squirting lighter fluid because he's had to add the grate to it while I was inside. Mm. And I just kind of bounce him back out and I reach over. And as I reach in to lay it down, he's still squirting lighter fluid. And I'm not really aware of that. And he's not really aware of me. And um, I had this long, long hair. I remember I'd, I'd never had weaved hair before even though i wear wigs all the time now i'd never Mm. done that before but i had a weave because i was a realtor and it was so much easier for me to do my hair i had my natural hair was long but this was easy so but boy all this weave was it it, you know it got in there and the lighter fluid and and it was just like a split second Mm. where you think "Uh uh-oh and 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 that and then it was too late it was just like the the wind shifted the fire it hit me and it hit me in a way that it felt like it knocked my head back it was just like Mm. there was more than i thought there was more happening than i thought was happening you know what i mean like yeah i knew it was on my hand but i wasn't fully aware and Mm. let me mention while we were sitting by the fire pit we drank a bottle of wine not like a big one we weren't snookered but still (laughs) there was a bottle of wine right so I just I started running because I wasn't in a situation where I had any expectation of possibly catching fire. 
I, I wasn't trying to get out of the house. I wasn't in a car accident. I was just standing there making a, you know, making a stake. I know it's a fire pit, but I've done this just so many times. You right. don't even think about it. And uh, so I ran and probably about, uh, I don't know, maybe 30 yards. Our back, our property's kind of long, maybe not 30 yards, maybe 20. But I, as soon as I got to my driveway, I thought, no, you got to stop, drop, and roll. Well, stop, drop, and roll doesn't work if you have accelerant on you. Mm. And what I effectively did was just kind of spread the accelerant around, and I was still on fire. Um, it was I was not going out, and and I knew I was not going out. And I thought, um, I just specifically remember the moment where I gave up, and I, I, it was like it's me. And this fire and God, I wasn't even thinking about my husband. So he's not even in my head at this moment. It's just, I'm, all I thought was, this is how I died. Mm -hmm. And I rolled over on my stomach and I'm breathing fire, right? I know I'm breathing fire and skin. I can feel the heat, but I can't feel pain really. But I can feel the heat. And I I can smell to a degree and I can hear it. And I just started to say the Lord's Prayer. And I got about halfway through. And um, I said, God, is this really how I'm supposed to die? You know, I'm 45 years old. And I'm laying on my driveway burning alive. Mm -hmm. Because I knew that's what I was doing. I did not, I was not dying at the moment. Not yet. I was burning alive at that moment. It hadn't Mm -hmm. been long enough. It felt like a long time, but it. You know, when you're on fire, it has a tendency to feel a little longer than it is. I didn't realize I was talking out loud this whole time. But when I said, God, is this really how I'm supposed to die? My husband said, I've got you, baby. I've got you. And I thought, I'm going to live. That Mm. was the moment, right? Where I was like, wait, right? there, You know, where my head came back together. And I couldn't feel what he was doing but he was um, putting me out with um, his jacket. He had like a light leather jacket. And as soon as he put me out, I jumped up. I ran in the house. And this is important because this is why I do what I do today. I ran in the house and inside of that door, there's a mirror, like full weight. And I ran in the house and I looked at my face. That's all I wanted to see. If my face is okay, then everything is okay. Now, mind you, I did not see that my clothes were burned off. Cause you know, this really, you know, both my arms were burned really badly mm-hmm. and um, my neck and my chest um, and my upper back, all of those were burned 30. I'm burned at 35%, but it was all upper body. And part mm-hmm. of that 35% is my entire face. Mm-hmm. But I thought my face was okay. It just looked red and I did not know that it takes a couple of days before the, you know, the necrosis sits in, before the yeah. before it blisters and turns black. And I thought, okay, well, it's kind of red. And, and I guess I was in shock because I didn't see the rest of me. And I looked at my husband, he had this terrible look on his face that I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what it was at the time, but now I know it was just terror. Yeah. You know, he's looking at me and I said, well, 
I should probably go see Dr. Bianco in the morning. <laughs> and he said, no, baby, I called 911. And I was like, oh, I need to go to Bathsville. Yeah, you need to go. And he, you know, they, they got here very quickly. I'm in Johns Creek, Georgia, and they same here. So it's like two or three minutes. So they came very quickly, like two fire trucks, a policeman, two ambulances. You know, my husband had run himself up to his elbows, putting me out. And I guess they knew all that. I just, I don't really know. This is where it all gets kind of blurry, but I remember talking to them mm-hmm. and telling them what happened. And all the medical staff came and I remember talking to them. And I remember they all had that same look on their face like he did. They were all men and they all had that look of what I know now to be terror. Mm-hmm. on their face. And I guess, you know, I didn't, I still don't know what I looked like, but I can imagine now what it must have looked like with my clothes mm-hmm. burned off and half of my hair burned off, my weave is burned off. And, yeah. and uh, I must have looked like, you know, like someone who probably wasn't going to make it. Mm-hmm. And, and I talked and um, for a minute and and the firemen checked around the back of the house to make sure that I hadn't set anything on fire, that we hadn't set anything else on fire. And um, then a paramedic just slightly touched my arm, or maybe my hand, because my arm was kind of messed up. I remember him lightly touching me and saying, Tanya, we've got to go now. And I said, okay. So the next thing I remember is being on the you know in the back of the ambulance on the stretcher and i said to the paramedic because he he scared me i I had already decided at this point that i was going to live you Mm -hmm. know first i thought okay this is how i died then when i heard i'm being put out i thought okay i've got this i'm gonna live and then this paramedic starts working very rapidly yeah very I mean, he's just really focused and really working. And I think he was cutting my jeans off because he needed to place an IV. And both mm-hmm. of my arms are burned and my neck and my chest and my everything is burned on my upper body. So we needed to get to my lower body to place an IV. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever had an IV in your foot, but I get, I've had them many times. So that's probably yeah. what he was doing. Yeah. I said, am I going to die? And he said, no. And I said, would you say that even if you thought I was going to die? And he said, yes. And he never he never stopped working. He just he was just answering that. And I, and I remember thinking, well, okay, I can trust whatever he says. But then the next thing he said was push fentanyl and everything mm-hmm. went black. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't wake up again until February of 2019. You know, I uh, I had these nightmares while I was in my coma. It's a medically induced coma that they put you in to keep you alive so they can do the surgeries that you need and mm-hmm. do the treatment, which is ter- which is traumatic and painful. And it's so painful, as a matter of fact, that I had a recurring nightmare every day that someone was trying to hurt me and they were trying mm-hmm. to hurt my chest. So apparently that's where it hurt the most when they were you know, doing the debridement and scraping the the dying skin away. I I can only assume that I could hear the nurses' voices or hear them come in and know that was about to happen. And in my mind, I would walk down this dark staircase and I would 
I couldn't see, but I could, I could take the steps and I would get to the bottom and there's a little pitch black room and I would just duck down like, like a tornado, like, like when you're a little kid and they teach you what to do when the tornado comes and you mm-hmm. walk down and put your arms over your head, right. that position. And I would stay there in my mind. I never knew what that was until much, much later because my husband had kept a diary of everything mm. that was happening and he would make a note, you know, well, I'm about to leave the room now. They have to work on your skin and they, it takes two or three hours every day and I can't be in the room while they do it. Right. Because, you know, it has to be sanitary and, and, and yeah. Hospital, they do it in the room. I, I think in other hospitals they might take you out, but I was on a ventilator with a trach and ICU, so they they do it where you lay. Mm-hmm. It was two months. I did not know I was in a coma. I did mm-hmm. not remember what had happened. Not while I was in the coma, I didn't. There, I had no consciousness of what had happened and that I was fighting for my life because mm-hmm. you know, I've dealt with respiratory arrest a few times and pneumonia and 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 it was it was a lot worse than i would have ever thought it was you know Mm -hmm. fire is so much more powerful than a lot of people realize and Mm -hmm. and it has the ability to do so much damage in such a small amount of time right sense to anyone you know because it wasn't oh, yeah. it wasn't a long amount of time but it was a massive amount of damage mainly right. it was my upper body and you know you've got a lot of it's your face it's your my neck my chest you've got a lot of things here it's, and, and my lungs of course you know where i had inhaled that fire mm-hmm. um you know these are all things that put in your life and so I just kept dreaming and I was having, I was living another life in my mind. That's how I know I have a very strong faith now, probably stronger than it ever was. And that's because I know that my spirit, my soul was okay without my body. It didn't even yeah. know. It didn't, it, I, it, I had no idea what, what my body was going through. Mm-hmm. But they put my body back together and allowed me to wake up. And it was sometime in February maybe the 19th. I can't particularly remember the day I woke up, but I do remember that the nurse that woke me up, her name was January. And I got burned in December and January woke me up in February. And it was very (laughs) confusing to me. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's too much. I don't get it. Right. Cause she she, she asked me if I understood. And I was like, no, (laughs) I do not. understand what you were telling me i do not get it but um she was a very kind woman and she helped me a lot and and you know once once you wake up from the coma well you know you're not okay yet you know again Mm -hmm. i wake up and i think okay i made it but that's not particularly true yet Mm -hmm. because i had pneumonia three or four times after that it was when you get pneumonia from laying in your bed because you can't walk or to sit up, it's a bad case of pneumonia. And then I was sent away uh, to a rehabilitation center because I needed to learn to walk again. 
And I was there for three weeks. And um, the place I went was for traumatic brain injuries. They really did not know how to care for my skin, my burns, my respiratory. Mm -hmm. They they didn't even have a real respiratory therapy department. They just had one nurse that happened to be a respiratory therapist. And he would come in every once in a while and change my trach, the um, cannula. And it just, you know, just Mm -hmm. do what should have been done. Mm-hmm. Well, what got done at the hospital three or four times a day got done, if you're lucky, three or four times a week there. And I tell yeah. you this, not to complain, but because I got very sick Saturday morning and I told my nurse I had a fever. She just gave me Tylenol. Mm-hmm. I was sick Saturday, I was sick Sunday. And that Monday I was scheduled to go for a swallow test to see if I was able to swallow again because I hadn't been able to eat or drink anything for about six months, you know? So that I was lucky. I was not ready for that test, but the EMT that came to pick me up in medical transport saw what was going on in my room. I was crying. I was telling them I didn't feel good. And, you know, they're checking my vitals and they weren't right. Mm -hmm. Long story short, you know, he tells them, you know, we're going to, we'll take her. Because they had the charge nurse come tell me that I needed to tell this man that I could go if I wanted to, you know, swallow. And I wanted to swallow. I wanted water, right? I told him I was okay. And he said, okay, I'm going to take you. And they put me in the back and they took all medals. And we started driving. And I said, so we're going to make it to the swallow test on time. You know, maybe you could call him. He said, no, ma'am, you're going to the emergency. Mm -hmm. And I was septic. Wow. So there it was again, uh, where I think I'm okay. I'm actually learning to walk again, but my life is in certain danger. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being a terrible infection that I had on my scalp. Um, it was a fungal MRSA strep infection. And no one mm-hmm. could see it because my hair was growing back. My head yeah. was shaking by the way, while I was in the hospital. And I'm very fortunate that I do have hair today and that it is only because of that weave that I had. But the cornrows in my hair and the tracks of the of the of the weave protected my scalp. And Mm -hmm. even though I wear wigs, I do have hair. And I I wear it when I'm not on camera. I wear it a lot, my natural hair. So that Mm -hmm. was a blessing, but it was also a curse after they shaved my head because no one could see what was making me sick. Right. So there I was back in the hospital again. And um, I never went back to the rehab center, even though I had another week left there and I probably needed another month. But I didn't want to go. And they didn't want to have me back because I had to, the the um, social worker on the floor I was on that they don't have a respiratory therapist. I was just like dishing it all out. Like, I don't want to mm. be back there. Yeah. This isn't okay. You know, I almost died. And so they, they didn't want me to come back to that particular place. And my hospital does not use them anymore. They questioned me about what happened and, and didn't use that center anymore. And it's not that that center did anything wrong. It's that they're not, they're not versed at taking care of burn survivors. We're special. Right. right. Yeah. Infection is what kills us. Right. Oh, and so I can specifically remember the scent of lemon 
Lysol being used to clean my room at the re-up center because I always use that to clean my kitchen counters. That's not good enough to clean a room for a burn survivor. Yeah. With open wounds. That's not good enough. Right. So I just feel like I've been very blessed throughout it all. And there were so many things that just kept coming to try to kill me. And I think that's true for all of us. Mm -hmm. After we're burned, there are so many things that keep coming. Most of them are infection. You have to fight so hard. You really have to. You really have to want to live. You know, I I believe it's very important that you have a a strong will to live because not all of us, not all of us make it. So I think that what I do and what you do is very important so that people can hear if you're in your hospital bed right now and it's bad that debridement hurts or you're sick and Mm. it gets better. Yeah. It's better, but you have to have the will. I was, I could, uh, relate to a lot of the uh i was reading on um on your on your instagram you had a you have a link and it has a bunch of um other links that links to different things that you're associated with and you have a bio on there and i was reading it and i could relate to you were talking about um donor sites and that was like the biggest issue with me was donor sites oh they were so painful like they were more painful than having just the surgeries and stuff like it was just like god yeah i don't donor sites are the absolute worst (laughs) i i I never had nobody to like talk to about it when i was growing up so like in school Uh i'd be like man my donor site hurts and kids would be like looking at me weird like what 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 are you talking about yeah (laughs) And then I'd explain what it is, and they're like, what? I was like, yeah, you know, they got to get skin, you know? Yeah, this is where they get skin from. I mean, one of Uh, the sites was a full tummy tuck, Chris. mm, Wow. I I had run out of skin for, you know, they used my legs and Mm -hmm. most of my lower body, except for the front of my tummy. Mm -hmm. They left that alone, I think, for aesthetics, just to Mm -hmm. But they took a lot from my from my legs and everywhere that they could. And I ended up getting a full tummy tuck mm-hmm. because they needed skin to rebuild my top, my upper lip. And I did not go into surgery expecting that. Yeah. So in the ICU two days later with drains on each side of me from like plastic surgery drains. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. it's fine, you know, because yeah. I went in as in outpatient you mm. know this was after i had been at home for a while and it was uh amazing and if you don't just just to your point if you don't have people that understand the donor site if you don't have people that have been through it you won't have the same level of comfort really right. even though your friends and family love love you and they want to hear is Something that you can't explain to people. You right. say first sight to any of us and we go, ah. Oh. Yeah, we all know that pain. <laughs> it's so terrible. Yeah. I, I've only had one that was really, really terrible since the hospital, since being discharged with mm-hmm. all the surgeries. And I will tell you, for anyone out there, the last surgery I had, they took um, skin from my hip 
and they treated the donor site differently than they did even four years ago. Mm. They put a foam on top of it and told me not to change it for five days. And do you know, it did not hurt the way the other donor sites have hurt me. Wow. So there's been advancements even in that because I was terrified of the donor site. Oh, yeah. Terrified of what it was going to be. And, you know, they tell you have to change it every day. And the gauze is stuck to you no matter what you do. (laughs) Yes. But it's so painful. And Uh this didn't hurt that, that way. And it was a false a full thickness graft so they they continue to make advancements but i can imagine 36 years ago by by that thought (laughs) the donor site must have hurt yeah and i was at that time in the 80s i was the youngest to survive the amount of burns i had so they were just yeah they didn't know what to do they just were trying everything they could do and they told my family i had a one percent chance to live there's no way and i'm i'm 97 percent of my body is burned so i have very limited spots for donor sites so when they did donor sites a lot of the times it was repeat sites but they had to wait for it to heal right and then next thing i know i got a donor site there again (laughs) like uh that's so when they took it from my hip this time, it was a repeat donor site. Everything mm-hmm. from this point forward will be a repeat. Yeah. Um, I honestly still have one on my side, like the side of my torso that is from like underarm to hip on one side, and it's still pink. It still hurts. Yeah. It never, yeah. it's never done what it should. It's yeah. The way it should. And I don't know if that's because it's, covered up all the time i don't know i mean i Uh, I think a lot of the times the doctors don't know even right you know to hear that they told you you had one percent chance that back to the the will to live and determination i mean you you were only two years old when you got burned but you're still the same person that you are now right i'm a big believer in in your nature versus your nurture so Mm -hmm. your nature is that of a you're, you're determined. You're a fighter. It's so important that people hear these things. You know, just to hear the two of us say, "Yeah, donor signs are terrible." <laughs> so you know, if your donor signs are making you feel like you can't go on, you can't go on. You, yes. You, better, you know, yes. it's rough while you're going through, but it's worth it in the end because it'll be better in the end. And that's something that I had to learn growing up because as a kid, you don't realize that you'll get better so as a kid you get all this stuff going on and you're just like oh this is how my life's gonna be mm-hmm. this is pain all the time now and that's all i'm gonna know and then when i got older and i'm like looking at my hands and everything i'm able to do again and i'm like yeah. oh so that's yeah that's why it's worth it <laughs> that's why we did all that and you know right. as an adult i didn't particularly realize that you know, just the fact that you're aware that you didn't really get it as a child. I didn't get it as an adult. I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I was 45 when I got burned, and I was 47 before I started really doing anything again. I had gone through surgeries, and then I'd gone through 
COVID came and stopped my surgeries. And that really put me in a deep depression because mm. I thought the surgeries were fixing me. You know, yeah. now yeah. I, I'm ch- I was just fine all along. You know, the, the right. fixing me isn't here, not on right. That. Right. But I, at the time, I didn't know yet, you know, and, and I and I had all my hopes pinned on they're going to fix my face because at the time I didn't. Um, I, right now, you know, I, I'm, my nose is, is what it is. I think you understand that my mouth didn't close at all. Mm-hmm. I could not shut it. I could my teeth would go together, but my lips didn't close and my eyes didn't close. And I just really wanted somehow for that to be fixed. And they did it. You know, they did it. Yeah. And um, then, you know, COVID came. They said no more surgeries. And I was okay for a while until I got COVID in Mm -hmm. July of 2020. And when I got COVID, I I had told my husband, if I get this thing, because it was new, Mm -hmm. this thing is going to kill me. There's no way I can yeah. do that. I've, I've been through too much. I can't, you know, so be careful, wash your hands, don't bring anything in here. He's a salesman, mm-hmm. right? And he was doing his best, but both he, m- myself, and my caretaker got sick. So it could have come in on her. It could, you don't know where it comes from, but we both got sick on the same day. Mm-hmm. She toughed it out at home. I ended up in the hospital because I was delirious. I wasn't getting enough oxygen um, because my lungs are just damaged you can hear me kind of the raspiness in me right now mm. and i just dealt with the infection last week and mm. now if i get the slightest cold it turns into a respiratory infection but mm. you know after i you know i spent a week in the hospital for covid and i was alone and i was scared yeah. because my husband had stayed with me the whole time i was in the hospital mm. Birds. he you know we, we had our own company it, it he had other people running in. He was taking calls, but he was physically with me. Right. And I was so scared to be in that hospital alone for a whole week. And then not to mention, they would put on hazmat suits to come in, right? And it's like, yeah. oh, I'll be good, right? Right. I, I don't think I'm going to make it. And, and then I was better. And they said, you're going home. And the day I was going home, they said, oh, your oxygen, your pulse ox is low. We're gonna have to send you home with oxygen. So they send me home with this little portable oxygen tank, and I think that's the end of it. And then knock, knock, knock on the front door. Here's a guy with a whole huge oxygen machine, oh, and wow. I ended up with long COVID. I was on oxygen for eight months, mm. and the damage just from having breathed fire. Yeah. Oh. And I smoked 32 years before I got mm. burned. I guess I was smoking right before I got set on fire. Obviously, I don't smoke anymore. Yeah. That's a blessing. Um, my daughter changed her major while I laid in a coma. She, I mean, she was a veterinary major, which is great that she switched mm. to nursing as she saw oh, wow. what they were doing for me. And she knows that if I could do anything different in my life, I've been a nurse instead of a paralegal. Because mm. I, I, just, I love medicine. I love helping people. And it was so special to me that she uh, did that. So there's another blessing, you know. Yeah. In my, mind. my son was going through hard times. He has Crohn's disease, a colostomy. He got better and started taking care of himself. And um, my marriage at the time, it just 
it felt like so close because it's like this person, you know, he's staying here all the time with me. Yeah. It's amazing. Even though we've been together a lot of years, but it was still, there was no, oh, I got to go work. You mm. know, I didn't hear that ever. And so yeah. I thought, I realized it was all a blessing. And yeah. But then I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting on that couch and I decided to at least tell my Facebook friends where I had been. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made a video. I, I made a post. And of course, they had, you know, a lot of questions, as you can imagine. Yeah. I said, well, I'll make a video and I'll post it so I don't have mm-hmm. to answer this over and over again. Because I was a realtor. I had maybe a couple thousand Facebook friends. Made the video and I didn't even realize that other people would see it. You know, yeah. I knew little about social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't trying to be anything or become anything, but it came to me right. as people saw it and started messaging me. Oh, I like your makeup. Oh, I feel uh, you're, you know, I'm going through this and I feel inspired. And, and it was just like, immediately I knew mm-hmm. what the answer was to what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Right. I knew what. I'm going to help other burn survivors. And I started a nonprofit that I'm still working on funding two years later. Mm. And I started doing tutorials for makeup so everyone can. I've always loved makeup. You know, it's not something that I picked up after I got burned. Yeah. No, though, you can still do it because I felt like I'd lost that. Always glam and girly. And, you know, I felt like that was a loss. And it's Mm. not still there. Right. And um, it's just been, it's, you know, the podcast. And sometimes I get tired when I name off all the things I've been trying to do, but it's all in an effort to reach people just like you are. So right. You asked me to be on your podcast. It's like, yes. Yeah. It's got to reach our, we're underrepresented and mm-hmm. a lot of um, places where we can find reprieve after we've been burned, you know? Right. Where, where there's people who, really understand there's support groups online mm-hmm. the phoenix society has a good one that i'll be going to tonight mm-hmm. because i need a place to i talk to everyone out there and and i take in a lot of stories and i became a life coach so that i could leave everyone better than i found them but i have to have a place right i can lay my burdens down you know right yeah it's very important that you do that you know mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of things that I didn't really know about being that I wasn't big on social media. I didn't right. even know where to begin looking. And I want that to be more, more known. Yeah. And, and I don't want people who have a burned face like us. I, as I laid in the hospital bed, you, you were younger, you were a baby, but I was mm-hmm. 45 and the only person I could think of with a burned Face was Freddy Krueger. Exactly. Yep. That's all we know. So it's like that's all we know. That's what the world thinks when they think of someone who's been burdened with the face. Yeah, it's horrible. It's terrible, and that's all I could think. And I did. I wouldn't look in the mirror for. I woke up in February. I didn't see my face until April, and that was my mistake. Mm-hmm. I used to look in the mirror because I knew my face had been damaged. I knew it didn't feel right. It didn't feel attached. Right. It's all skin grafts. It didn't. Now it feels attached. Then yeah. it felt like a mask. Right. And I was happy to be alive. I was yeah. happy 
to be there. My daughter had hugged me when I woke up and said, Mom, we're not British, but she calls me Mom. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, you're the strongest person I know. Mm. And I, you know, and I've changed my major to nursing. And I was too happy. I was not going to look at my face and be caught up in what I didn't have. Right. I think that was, uh, um, I don't think that I was all that wise. I think that was just divine intervention. Like, nope, you don't need to see that yet. You're not ready. Right. Right. Because that, I still had battles to fight. You know, right. I had pneumonia and sepsis. I did not need to give up. Right. Because as soon as you do, that, you, you know, if you give up, that, that can make a difference. You know, it, yeah. no one can save you unless you, if you, if you don't have the will, will to save yourself. Right. Exactly. And I hope we can hit the mainstream, Chris. Yeah, I hope so. I want people to, see us for who we are not as the hollywood monster that they created it's a big deal if yeah. you're watching a movie, a movie made in hollywood or atlanta where we film a lot of movies mm. you know as soon as the guy with the scar or a burn or uh, one eye or whatever his whatever his difference is or yeah. her difference is enters the, the frame you know that's the villain yeah. So we can't expect people to look at us and see us as a, the good guy when they complained yeah. that we're the villain. Yeah, exactly. My whole life, I didn't have people to talk to about, you know, like burns and all that stuff because I didn't know of the Phoenix Society or anything. I didn't know about any of that stuff. Right. So growing up, it was, I was different and I was different than anybody else in the world because that I didn't understand. I didn't know. Right. So I didn't, I I think the first time ever, well, I mean, I met like other burn survivors in the hospital, but it was for a very short time when, because you're usually sleeping most of the time or in pain and just you're in your own little world. Heavily medicated. um, Oh yeah. So you really don't know your roommate. If you have a roommate, you don't really know them until, when you first get there and when you leave. So, but um, I didn't really meet another Vern survivor until probably my late teens, early twenties. And yeah. it was crazy. Cause it was, it was weird. It's, it almost feels bad saying that because I'm used to like, I'm used, like I'm used to who I am. Like, I don't know how it's, I don't know how to be any other way. Like, I don't know what it would be like if, if, if this did happen to me later right. in my life. I don't know. So I don't know how to live a life with all 10 fingers or a face that doesn't have scars and all that. So, so growing up, for me, it was just like I was different. No one else was. And then when I met the, the other burn survivor, I, and I don't mean it sound like a bad way, but I was shocked because... I wasn't used to seeing someone else like me. So for me, it was like I was seeing a burn survivor for the first time. Right. I didn't know. So when I met them, I'm like, hey, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to act. And in my mind, I'm trying to like picture like, okay, so if I'm them, this is what I don't like when people do this and this and this and this. So in my head, I'm like, okay, don't look at them. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. But 
the whole time they're just like smiling they're like it's okay chris i get it it's okay like we get it we get it and we like talked and we got to share things and then um it was just amazing to me to know that someone else in the world exists that knows what it was that i've gone through and yeah and it's i feel so bad for people that don't know about like and we don't have honestly we don't have as much support as most things as most other people and things do like we have we have a little thing but if you really compare burn survivors and stuff that we need compared to all the help everybody else is getting it's like come on man (laughs) for us it's like well (laughs) you know (laughs) right to do about it there's so many burn survivors i think it's um ten thousand people mm. in the u.s um are burned yearly um and then the number is astronomical for those that don't yeah it was 3500 or 4500 that don't mm. survive so i want you to think about that if you're one of us sitting here you're 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 pretty special yeah and, and you've been you've been spared for a reason and we're underrepresented you know you're right everything else cancer and even even not even diseases every other cause women's causes lgbtq causes we're all behind them all men's depression you know feel your feelings everything Mm -hmm. but there's not anything or so you know you're a burn survivor and Exactly. People feel entitled to stare at you and ask you what happened. Mm-hmm. They still ask me what happened in yep. public, and now I'm I'm a lot more relaxed about it. Before, yeah. be in tears because I did know how to live my life without the scars, and I right. I had lived my life as you know that the like the pretty black girl. I always wanted to be the smart girl, but that's not what anybody would say. Oh, it's time it's the pretty black girl. <laughs> that was part of my identity. Mm-hmm. That was why I ran in the house and looked at my face in the mirror, mm-hmm. and that is why I'm happier now than I was before because I am so much more mm-hmm. than that. Exactly, you know? and I want yeah. to so much more and i hope that through the work that you and i and a lot of other people are doing that will become mainstream yeah uh, like in other countries you know katie piper mm-hmm. right? she's amazing in england she's just living her life i love katie right yeah he messages she'll message me back i just love her but she's doing shows she's living her life she's a survivor but mm-hmm. nobody is saying Oh, it's the girl that survived the burns. Right. Just, that's Katie Piper. Mm-hmm. And other countries I'm learning because I talk to people around the world are um, a little more accepting of it than we are. And I think that goes back, you know, see Freddy Krueger. Exactly. Go see Hollywood, you know, go back to what we're conditioned to to think. Because it does matter what we see as a as a child. I talked to as years ago um i can't remember his name right now though but there's a motivational speaker who's a burn survivor as well i don't remember how he found out about me but he found out and he called me up and we talked for like a good hour or so and it was really cool because he made a good point that i never really thought of like throughout my life 
and that is is that like like us as burn survivors like obviously we look different so like when we go out in public like you said like we're going to get asked you know what happened and we stand out more than other people do yeah and he's like take that as a blessing because everybody in this world everyone in this world wants to be seen like we go out of our way to buy clothes to be seen we go out of our way to do this and that to be seen but us as burn survivors we just got to walk out the door and we're seen like we don't have to even try and he's like that's what everybody wants and we have that and he's like so take that chance to show people who we are show them what burn survivors are and educate and show them show the world that we're not a monster or whatever and he's like remember that each day you wake up that you don't have to even try and you're going to get people's attention and ever since then i was like yeah yeah i never thought of it that way i never thought of it either being being burned is something that happens to you Mm -hmm. deciding to treat it as a blessing Mm -hmm. and help others is something you choose to do exactly yeah it's a conscious decision that's not Oh yeah. I know for years I hid I hid myself for years because I didn't wanna I didn't wanna face people. I didn't want to have to explain everything over and over and over. And I didn't feel like like I was good enough and that I shouldn't be seen. And I hid and I wouldn't talk to nobody. I was so quiet and I'm still quiet today. I like I'm super quiet, but um but before like doing something like this, I wouldn't I wouldn't even give it a second thought. Like if someone had asked me, oh, will you start a podcast or whatever? No, no way. I have nothing to say. No one. I'm not important. Yeah, you are. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, but I know how you felt because that was the first two and a half years for me. I guess it's going on the fifth year now because I've been doing Burn Beauty two years. So it's been about four and a half years, but the first two and a half, we're just me trying to figure out, you know, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? I'm only right. 45. Right. I, fully to God, have a long time left to live. Mm. What, what, what? I don't want to be a realtor anymore. I physically mm. can't walk very well and do a lot of things. You know, I am disabled. And, and then even if I could do it, I wouldn't. I think mm-hmm. I'm out with, to meet strangers at a house and as a realtor and show, no, I'm not doing yeah, it. Right. And um, I just wasn't going to do it. And now I think I, I don't know if I could physically do it yet. I'm working on getting endurance back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's ever coming back, but I try to think positively, you yeah. know, and like, uh, like it'll be okay, but I don't know if it ever will be to a point where I can physically just run all day. but i know that i would do it now i wouldn't i wouldn't not do it because of my face and but it 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 took i've been working on myself every day for since this happened and that and you have to do that for yourself oh yeah didn't do for myself before Mm -hmm. something i definitely wouldn't do for myself before i was burned and uh so it's a blessing. You just mm-hmm. have to, if I had it to do all over again, I mean, obviously I would rather not suffer the pain. Right. The, all, you know, the near death experiences, but I sure do live a lot more now for those 45 years. So people don't believe me when I say I wouldn't 
I wouldn't change it. It, it is what it is. It's, uh, mm-hmm. I'm happy. I'm glad you are doing what you're doing. And I am so honored to be here with you today. If you have changed one person's life before you are finally called home, then you have done something amazing. And we're getting the opportunity to do a lot more of that. People can relate with different things we go through, even if they're not a burn survivor. And I've had many people message me who are not, who never burned or anything, but they've gone through like cancer or suicide stages or whatever it may be. And they're like, hey, I caught a video of yours or I caught your post and you helped me, you helped me keep, you know, stop myself from ending myself and you helped me keep going. That's a big encouragement because that's what I want. I want to help people not give up, like keep going that there's hope and it's going to get better. That's what encouraged me to keep going. That's what encourages me every day. Yeah. if you think for a minute it's about, you know, some makeup or some clothes, that's just, that's the fun stuff that I want to do and right. had to learn to deal with because at first I didn't want to take those opportunities that were being offered to me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be, I just wanted to do what I was doing. Right. Alone. But then um, if God gives you an opportunity and leads you in a certain mm-hmm. shouldn't, you should, you should take that, you know? Yeah. You, you are worthy because that was the problem. I didn't mm-hmm. think I was worthy of making a commercial for L'Oreal, but I did it. And there I didn't think I was worthy of, you know, all the companies that are coming to me now and giving me makeup and clothes. And it's amazing to me because it make it feels to me like that's one step closer to making Burn Survivor more mainstream. Yeah. Since the you did once. Yeah closer when when right. outside the burn community just because i kind of live inside it but when i'm doing this stuff on social media i have to pull myself out of it and i don't really know right. how i do it i was uh really more introverted you would not think that uh, burned i'm not introverted anymore <laughs> <laughs> thank you for doing this with me and taking the opportunity to interact with each other and talk to a another fellow burn survivor and be able to see that connection click when we say donor site and all the other things and able yeah. to just connect, you know, connect that connection. So it's an immediate connection, isn't it? To another driver. Uh, it's just like, we just sat and talked to like, we're old friends that hadn't spoken years. And exactly. Cause we have that connection. And I thank you for asking me to join you and for having me on your anniversary or burn anniversary however you want to call it because that's either way fine i'm looking for forward to mine this year it'll be the first time i celebrate it Mm. rather spirit and so this really makes me feel like i'm in my power to be talking to you on yours like i got this i can do this you talk to me on yours then i can do this I can get I can celebrate so yeah definitely I hope everyone listening just knows that whether you're in the hospital or um, at home and you're recovering whatever you're going through doesn't have to be burns whatever whatever brings you to listen today because not not all not all scars are are visible and those are 
the harder ones to heal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason you're listening, you know, that uh, everything gets better. You know, it, it really does. It's all what you make of it. And, yeah. and it's all how you see things. And this too shall pass. And I encourage um, people to reach out to, like, don't think it's a weakness or anything. Reach out and look for the help because it's out there. And I know sometimes it can be harder to find, but we're out here and we're willing to help and just reach out and talk to someone that you can somehow connect with or relate with. So it can help you through it because you need support when you're going through this type of stuff. You need as much support as you can get. That can be brutal at times. Yeah, you must have someone to speak to. And a lot of people message me. I do answer my messages as many as I can. But again, if it's urgent, you have to take urgent action. Season three of my podcast is coming later. There we go. There we go. Yep. All right. Well, I just adore talking to you. I know we could end up talking all day. So, yeah. You, I, I wish you much success. Anytime you want me to come back, please do. Let me Definitely. know. I will. I will be. I will come a running. <laughs> Sounds uh-huh. good. Thank you again. All right. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Remember, this too shall pass, and I love you. Bye. Bye. You have just listened to Tea Time with Chris, a podcast filled with hope, faith, joy love and occasional laughter we hope you enjoyed it and continue to stay up to date with us at teatimewchris.com god bless